Welcome in to the official. We are continuing our three-star series. And last week, we looked through the three-star QB. So if you haven't checked that out, please go to the YouTube channel and give it a look. Um, you know, we identified about six three-star quarterbacks, mostly at all Power 5 schools that we think can be early contributors and may even have NFL upside. This week, we're going to continue this series and look at three-star running backs, um, mostly, again, two Power 5 schools. They will have opportunity to play early. They have the skills and the metrics that we really like. So these are not super-duper sleepers. These are guys we really like, uh, even though they are rated three stars. We see it happen every year. Damian Martinez, for instance, last year, three-star running back, buried in the rankings uh, with a 1,000-yard freshman season and a very promising outlook from here on out. So with that being said, let's dive in. Three-star running backs, this is the official. Good to have the whole team back. We got David, as usual, Matt, back in action. How are you feeling, bud? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, all right. So uh, good, good to have the whole squad here. Um, last week, like I mentioned in the intro, we did quarterback. Sorry you missed that, Matt, but you definitely were helping behind the scenes, I know, uh, and and obviously you know did a lot in identifying the players. But today we can talk about running backs. I think this is one of the, you know, this is the crown jewel of your fantasy team having a stud workhorse running back and especially finding a cheap one in your freshman drafts. I have an issue with this year's class a little bit. Last year, we all identified Andrew Paul uh, going to Georgia. He was a late riser. Everybody liked him. I think he still wound up a three-star even with the final rankings, but most people were comfortable saying he should be a four and, you know, drafting him even in freshman drafts. I drafted a ton of Damian Martinez last year. Felt very confident that he was going to be good, and he surpassed my expectations. I don't feel like we've got that guy this year. What do you think, Matt uh, and or David? Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of guys, but I just don't – there's no one I'm, like, definitely going to be drafting the way I thought about Martinez. No, yeah, for me, I just don't really have that guy where I could see, like, this high-end talent that's just going you know, unrecognized. I think there's a lot of really good guys that are three stars here, but – None of them that I'd be like, oh, wow, like this guy needs to be in my top 10 running backs or top 15. Well, one is my 15th overall running back. But there's no you know high-end high, high guys like Andrew Paul was a top 10 back for me. Mm -hmm. Damian Martinez was, I, I think, either just outside or a top 10 running back for me. So there's just not that high-end talent that's being slept on. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah, I was just going to say we were pretty spoiled last year because – I th on, on three, um, Quinshawn Judkins was a guy that finishes mm -hmm. a three-star. Yep. Ashton, Ashton Gianti. I mean, all pretty much all these guys I was a little more excited about. Samuel Brown. Yeah, yeah. Samuel Caleb, Brown. Caleb, Caleb Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, forgot about, uh, you know, Judkins because as a company, C2C, we were very high on Judkins. He became like a legitimate third-round, you know, freshman draft pick, though. So I didn't get that much of him out as it all shaked out. Um, but he was obviously sensational. And he was a three-star. Janty, another great one. And I liked him from the get-go. Um, none of these – maybe, you know, by the time we get to freshman draft season, the next two months, maybe some of these guys will grow on us. You know, sometimes they show up uh, on campus and they're a little bit heavier 
and we like that. And then obviously spring rolls around, you start hearing some buzz. So things could change. I mean, that was one thing with Damian Martinez. I liked him, but then from the moment he was on Oregon State's campus, they were saying, oh, he's getting first team reps. And so that will change our opinion as well, I think. But we have, well, let's see, about 10 or so names. And I know the people want the names. So let's start with a guy going to a school, a program that we always keep uh, tabs on in terms of who they're offering and who they're going to get. We loved Camorian Pimpton, the tight end, who then got, you know, ended up going to LSU, but he was identified by Vandy. And now I've got Diego Benson here uh, headed to Vanderbilt, six foot, 200 pound, good initial size, nice max MPH 20.8. Matt, what do you like about Diego Benson out of the state of Texas, which is another thing we all always like, and headed to Vandy? Did they find another gem here? Yeah, I guess the big selling point with him is his receiving ability. I think he overall just has a super well-rounded game. He can go on to be a three-down back for Vanderbilt. He's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. And uh, he can definitely catch, as you'll see in the clips here. He uh, – Last season, 110 carries, 1,075 yards, 9.8 average. So looking very good there. 12 receptions, 207 yards. And I think pretty decent level of Texas competition. I think you know, we're going to see a couple guys on this list that aren't exactly playing against the best of the best. But uh, I believe he was the least average. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, you always love to see a highlight where he's the only player in the screen. So that mm-hmm. always uh, kind of gives you the sense of the breakaway ability. And hitting almost 20.8 or 20.8, almost 21. We like that. I mean, that's definitely mm. good enough to break away. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting name. Love it in the SEC. If he becomes a three down back, like you said, you know, we're talking about big time upside. So, all right, I'm going to take a guy that I've been talking about. So I'll be brief. Uh, a guy I've been talking about most of the season here, Kiwan Brown out of South Atlanta High School. Five, a nice Thick 5'9", 205, headed to Louisville with a max MPH of 20.5. And he just put together a ridiculous season for South Atlanta. Um, I think he had back-to-back like 1,600-yard seasons with, you know, oh, I want to say 30-plus touchdowns in two years, his last two years uh, at South Atlanta. So tremendous workhorse, good enough of a receiver. But I really like, you'll see here, even in these clips, like he just, he's shifty without being spectacular with his movements, but he knows how to do, he knows how to create angles. He knows how to make it hard to get a hit on him. And, um, you know, he just uses his body and kind of wiggles around and, and is very effective and was effective in good high school football in the state of Georgia. So we will see what happens, but you like that Louisville offense with Jeff Brom. Uh, you know, there's a lot to like here for a three-star guy that's, you know, going to be at the end of your freshman drafts and maybe, you know, undrafted, but keep an eye on him because the depth chart there is also very thin. Um, let's see. Let's go to Mike Mitchell. I'm going to hop around, going to kind of go in alphabetical order, but I want to talk about Mike Mitchell. David, I believe you guys both like them, but I'm going to give him to you. Michael Mitchell headed to Utah again out of the state of Georgia. We like that. Six foot 195. Um, Max MPH 21.4. So he's got the wheels. What do you like about him, David? Yeah, I, um, I didn't really, I wasn't a huge fan of him early on in the process, but he, he kind of grew on me over time. Um, 
I think one thing was his, his highlight quality, the quality of his video was really bad on huddle, but um, as a senior, they used him quite a bit as a receiver, um, which I hadn't seen that much on his junior tape. So it's just another box to check. Um, he's actually listed at 5'11", 206 on Utah's website. So, um, you know, a, a dense guy, which isn't particularly surprising when you watch him play because I don't know if we'll catch any plays on here, but he, he is a tackle breaker. He's a grinder between the – he'll grind between the tackles. He can bust a run. He's not super dynamic on the second level, but he, he does have home run potential, you know, with the 21.4 miles per hour. Um, but, you know, size, um, he can run between the tackles, and he can catch passes, and Utah is a good landing spot. So it's pretty simple. Sometimes we don't have to make this that hard. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. Um, so I've got him a little taller and a little lighter, but if he's 5'11", 206 as a freshman, you like that. 21.4 miles an hour if he gets in the open field. You know, that's kind of the recipe. A guy like Damian Martinez last year was 220, so a little heavier, but that's what we like. We like fast and heavy. Uh, you know, and some of these three-star guys, it doesn't have – we don't have to make it so hard. Um, let's go Jordan Louie. This is a guy I've liked, and I, and I feel like, Matt, you've warmed up to him. I don't know if you've liked him the whole time, but uh, I feel like – more people have started to mention his name, but a guy I liked initially, um, and he was going to West Virginia, but now we like going to UNC in a crowded depth chart, but a, but a good program that produces running backs. And why do you like Louie here? 5'11", 205, and I've got his average long run, 51.1 yards. Do you want to mention a little bit of what you did looking at average long run per game for some of these guys? Yeah, so just with that quickly, I – Max Preps has players, uh, not every players, but some guys has their game log. So with that, I was uh, looking at taking the average longest run of that of, the, of each game of that season, just to see you know how much of their you know their big playability is really, and how consistently they're doing it. And uh, with Louis, uh, you know he may not be a, a juiced up athlete, you know the kind of guy that I typically go after, but he's he's a really well built, good runner. Awesome receiver. He put up, you know, extremely good production this year. Uh, 1,500 yards, 10 per carry, uh, 600 receiving yards. So it's hard not to, you know, like his odds of kind of repeating that production at North Carolina if he gets the opportunity, uh, especially with Hampton and Pedway not really turning out how he wanted to year one. Uh, you know, I think it's really just him and Elijah Green for uh, reps next year unless Hampton or Petaway really step it up. But I think his skill set is really a good blend of both Hampton and Petaway. So I think it would make more sense just to get him on the field. I can't disagree with you. I mean, that, that does strike me as we, we definitely had Hampton and Petaway as two sides of, a, of the same coin. But I agree, Louie might be that coin that's got both sides in one package here. Uh, and yeah, I didn't even put his maps on pH cause it's not that impressive. I don't even think he hits 20. It's I like, think, high, yeah, I think it's low twenties, high, high 19 or low twenties, but that, that's not the end all be all. And if you can be a receiver and you're heavy enough, like two Oh five coming in, you know, we, we do like that. We do like that quite a bit. Um, let's see. How about, uh, David, can you walk us through Jamarian Wilcox? I know he's a guy headed to Kentucky uh five seven one ninety five so an interesting size here that's pretty heavy for a guy who's only listed at five seven max mph twenty point five so that's not gonna blow you away but 
he is an interesting runner. I think he's a good runner. And what do you like about Wilcox headed to Kentucky? Yeah, I'm hoping the five seven isn't isn't accurate, but because um, everywhere else he's listed at five nine or five ten. And I, I saw some pictures of him next to other guys that are listed at five ten, and he's pretty much there. I think he's probably five nine, maybe five five eight and a half at, at the worst. But um, he is a pit bull, basically. Um, that's probably like his only like uh, um, standout catch on tape right there. But he can he is capable of doing it. But he has like a wrestling background. He's super dense. Um, He's just really hard to tackle. He's really he has really good um, lifting numbers as well. Um, I think deadlift and, and his squat were really were really impressive. Um, so he's just kind of like this squatty guy that is really hard to take down. And I think the landing spot's good. I know they have Remon Davis, but he's I think he only has probably one more year. After that, there's not. A... You hear me, Alfred? I remember when he was at Temple, Remon Davis, like, seems like 10 years ago. Yeah, so I think he's got one more year. And then after that, like, their depth chart is relatively cleared out, I feel like. So maybe he gets on the field relatively early. Um, and it's a pro-style offense with Liam Cohen coming back. So decent decent offense, too. Yeah, we do like that. Liam Cohen uh, did a nice job. All right, so moving on, a guy, another guy that I've kind of liked, um, Caleb Hicks. He's headed to Oklahoma, which obviously that's a great school, great program that churns out, you know, talented, skilled position guys all the time. Listed at 5'11", 195, with a nice max speed of 21.3. And in addition to having that long speed of 21.3, he also does show a lot of nice movement in the open field and things like that. So here's Hicks. And um, – there he's like splitting two secondaries and he's gone. So showing off some of that long speed. He also has um, a decent amount of receiving on tape. So he's just a guy that kind of does it all. And, and as a three-star guy, you like that. So there's a little movement there in the backfield and breaking tackle. And now just kind of breaking angles here uh, as he gets into the secondary. Of course, the depth chart is pretty stacked they had two good players but there's some nice you know juke shifting in the open field and finding a spot so I just think he's a good running back kind of a maybe you could say a faster version of Louie in terms of how he runs not super shifty not super duper flashy but just like makes strong movements and definitive movements and evades tackles but like I said that depth chart is a little stacked with two good freshmen this past year so um, you know we'll see how he ends up doing but at this point when you're drafting these guys or having them on some kind of watch list for yourself you know you just need to watch for an opportunity i don't think any of these guys are going to be like spend a high draft pick or, or you know meaningful capital to to get them on your team but names to be a watching for um matt i gotta give you dj oliver here you were the first one I ever heard talk about him out of Point Saint Joe in the west side of Florida, I think below kind of Tampa area. Listed 511 240 on the West Virginia website. That's heavier and shorter than he was listed on the recruiting sites, but with a max MPH of over 20, which alone is pretty impressive. So you've been on Oliver for a long, long time. I mean, like, I mean, we we're talking about him. It feels like almost a year ago, six, seven, eight months ago when he was committed to South Florida. You still like him headed to West Virginia now? 
Yeah, I, it, I like the player. I don't love the spot at the moment. Just because the C.J. Donaldson is just such a similar player to him and you know what he brings. So unless something happens there, he's not going to be too high for me. But love the player. I mean, massive guy, but he moves really well for his size. Uh, fantastic uh, receiver as well. I mean, uh, you don't see as much in this year's highlights, but last year he had some really impressive catches. And here he is returning a punt. Which, returning a punt at uh, two, you don't see, 240 pounds. You don't see too many two, 240 returners, except for like maybe his uh, his uncle, LeGarrette Blunt, who was also a fantastic returner at massive size. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he does have NFL bloodline. So, you know, there is that potential for upside there. Just, yeah, you know, at the moment, the depth chart situation, I mean, it's hard not to see Donaldson when you look at him here. I mean, the very similar style of play. So it's just hard for me to imagine he's going to see a lot of time with him there. I think that's fair, you know, but maybe works into a committee year one and, you know, we see what happens. Love to see him uh, against, you know, big time competition. Well, at least, you know, uh, at ACC comp- or no big 12 competition, I guess. Well, I took, took a, uh, a trip back in time. Were they ever the ACC? I know they're big. The Big East. I don't know. That was just a total no total slip up there. Um, all right, uh, David. I want you to talk about this guy who's I think a bit of an enigma as to what are we going to expect out of him. But he keeps coming up in all these metrics we run, and that's Dawson Pendergrass, six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound, kind of a a beast, just a tall, big guy who ran for what? 3000 yards this year in the state of Texas at running back headed to Baylor. Is there a reason we should be excited about Dawson Pendergrass or at the very least look out for his name in spring and see where he lands on the depth chart. Once it all shakes out. We, I think we should be interested. I mean, with his production profile, I mean, it's off the charts. I don't even, I think he ran for over like 8,000 for his career or something like that. They just fed this guy. He can clearly handle a huge workload. He's already listed at 220 pounds. He's also a basket player. He's got dunk highlights. Like, so, you know, he's got a pretty good vertical, pretty explosive. Um, I don't think there's a ton of Blocking evidence of extra points here. Look at that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think he's, he's just kind of like one of these guys that just kind of does everything. That's um, an insane play. I've actually never yeah. seen that before. He is listed at running back, but um, what's this? They got the coach at Baylor has a tendency to flip flop guys around from linebacker to running back. I guess that's Aranda. Th- there is some risk baked in here. Yeah, Aranda, and he has linebacker experience. He's a pretty good linebacker too in high school. So there, there is risk there. But I mean, I, I, the tape is solid to me. It has to be, I feel like, to be putting up those numbers in Texas. So um, he could play at either side of the ball. I, I think I like him more at running back, though. Yeah. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Jalen Hurd, who was that size, about you know, 6'2", 6'3", 220, 230, uh, who was at Tennessee, but then ended up transferring to Baylor um, and had a great final season. But I think he switched to receiver. So I don't know. He had a, he had a weird career. Uh, Matt, tell us about Jamal Roberts, this guy, 5'11", 200, going to Missouri, a nice max speed here, over 21 miles an hour. I think I have watched him quite a, quite a few times in this process, and I liked what I saw as well. I think he's a, a nice little back for, for the Missouri Tigers. What, what's your take? 
Yeah, I, I was really high, much higher on, on him going into his senior year. He didn't really uh, take a step forward like I was hoping to, but I still think he's a good player, and uh, I think he's better than you know a lot of the guys they have there in that Missouri running back room. Um, you know, especially with kind of how we saw that offense play out this last year. They're not, you know, a huge passing offense. He's going to be able to get carries if he's the star running back there. I mean, they proved that in the past as well. So it's really more of a CFF bet here to a certain extent. He does have the athletic ability to make it to the league, but I'm not as sold on his talent. It's just, you know, a good situation for a pretty good player. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, he, I, I remember the thing about him is he does seem pretty smooth uh, in terms of just his running style, um, just kind of makes smooth cuts, transitions to the open field and things like that. But not someone who necessarily wows you. But like you said, I agree, you know, that that's a good spot for a running back. They're going to run the ball. That is for sure at Missouri. Um, and then finally, I want to let one of you guys, because I know you, you've kind of been on him. Uh, David Darrell Robinson. We did talk about him last or the G5 show. We did talk about Darrell Robinson quite a bit. He's got an interesting story, but he was like a, an all American bowl uh, player who wound up going to Charlotte which is very interesting, but anything you want to add on Robinson? I know Matt already laid the case at the previous episode that he could be like a year one, uh, kind of a potential CFF, like legitimate starter, uh, you know, if they're going to pound the rock in Charlotte. Yeah, Matt kind of went through it. Um, I, I believe he was committed to Boston College, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, or he was at least anticipated to go there. Um, but he had like tons of P5 offers, so... Uh, once again, don't have to overcomplicate things. If he's a P5 talent playing in a, on a G5 team against G5 competition, um, I don't think they're. I don't know if anyone really stands out to me on their depth chart at the moment. So, and no. Matt had mentioned that um, the coach was his high school coach as well. So there's already a rapport there. So it seems likely that he will contribute right away. Yeah, you got to like it. And, I, and we talked last time on the G5 show, like I think he's a guy you actually draft potentially, where a lot of these guys are maybe just watch list. Yeah, he's a guy you draft at the end of your draft and hope that he's the day one starter, which you know doesn't seem impossible. Um, all right, so those are all the main graphics. We do have some other names because we just love throwing out guys. There's so many in the in the universe here, uh, you know, the recruiting universe. But Matt, I believe Carson Hansen's a guy you've talked about before. You want to give us a quick rundown here? I'll, I'll throw his 30-second clip up there. Yeah, he's going to Iowa State. Uh, I believe six foot one, 190 pounds. Uh, he's a really high-end athlete. He's put up uh, absolutely dominant uh, rushing numbers over you know the past two years. I think he's a 2,000-yard rusher back-to-back years. Uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in his state. So there's a lot to like there. Um, I think he, you know, brings us something a bit different to what the Iowa State running back room has at the moment with his athletic ability uh, and his receiving ability as well, as you can see there at the one-handed grab. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to the well here and, and talk about a guy I feel like i got to give to you because you identified him when he had zero stars to his name, ended up signing with Clemson. That's Jamarius Haynes. Um, and I know you mentioned off-air, maybe, you know, he's gone down. This is always very fluid, but – uh, can he compete getting the rotation at Clemson, you think? Yeah, probably not year one, but uh, I do I do still like him a bit. I mean, he's an interesting prospect. He moves very well, uh, in my opinion. He's a good runner, physical guy, you know, especially at his not huge size. 
So I think there's a lot of upside with him. Uh, Clemson also is bringing in Jarvis Green, who uh, went to Fort, 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 Fort Dutch in South Carolina, same school as Antonio Williams. And uh, he put up a dominant season this year. So it has me slightly worried about, you know, maybe they like him more or, you know, who's going to be the lead back there when the time comes. But I, I still prefer Haynes, so I'm going to lean on that bet still. All right, yeah, I mean, you got to plant your flag eventually. Um, moving down the line here, another guy, uh, David, you can speak to him if you want. I actually don't know much about this guy. You guys are always a, a step ahead of me. Leo Pulasi. Listed as an athlete, so he's very interesting. Six foot one, two hundred five, at least on twenty four seven. Committed to Washington State. Uh, what's up with this guy? I don't know. I mean, I guess he's gonna play running back, and and we like him. But I honestly, this is news to me. This Pulasi. So Pulasi, this guy, he can he can catch the ball. Um, He's kind of a two-way guy, right? Like he plays linebacker. He play. He's kind of like pe- uh, like a worse version of Pendergrass a little bit, but he he has the size. Um, he's a tackle breaker, and uh, I think that the depth chart's pretty open over there as well. I don't know if you guys know what that looks like. They may have got a transfer, and I know they had some guy. Dostoevsky or something last year. Um, he uh, got some run. Watson last year. Oh, Nakia Watson, and yeah. he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, could be, I, could I, I think he's just a good fit in that offense. Good mover at his size. Really good receiver. Awesome. Yeah, well, we love good receivers over 200 pounds. It's always fun. Um, and then I think finally, I guess we have two more here. Um, no, just one more, actually, I think. And that is going to be Caleb Hampton. Um, and Matt, you know, take it away with Caleb Hampton here. Yeah, so he was a really late find. Uh, he didn't get a P5 offer until uh, late December. He's committed to Stanford. He's actually a two-sport athlete. He got an uh, offer to play baseball and football there. So uh, I, I think he was considered to be a more of a baseball prospect for a while. Uh, his 24-7 profile was just baseball. But it sounded like he really wanted to play football in college, and uh, – he ended up getting the Stanford offer late and took it. And I, I really like his tape. He's 5'11", 200 pounds, really well built, moves really well. Ooh. So, you know, if he's a guy that decides, you know, he wants to play football and play running back, uh, you know, I, I'd be very interested. Yeah, I mean, that tape is pretty interesting. And this is another guy where I... – Highly productive too, sorry. 1,800-yard rusher this year, almost 20 touchdowns in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. It looks like maybe a private school in Chattanooga, so questionable competition. But They beat Marcel Reed's team in the state championship. Okay. All right, beat Marcel Reed's team. That's something. Um, state champions. Yeah, I mean, that tape's pretty interesting. I like how he moves behind the line. I like his kind of some of his stutter steps. The, he definitely has some slick uh, ability to evade tacklers there. That's a pretty interesting tape. I think I might circle that name and do, do some more reconnaissance on my own for – Caleb Hampton. I think that's a good name. Nice one to end on. I don't and think there's I just anybody do else one, here. one name drop. We did him in the G5 show, but Keith okay, Willis go. Jr. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, just throw his name out there. If you guys want to know about him, you can watch the, you know, the G5 part one or part two. I forget which one. G- yeah, I don't know. But Louisiana yeah. Tech, which I think Louisiana was Tech one, running back. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite G5 running backs in his class. You know, he's going to rank pretty high for me, even though he's G5, so. 
really interesting player and, and huge and you know as we the go bulldozer. through this and, and we yeah and he's just massive um and as we go through these guys and we talk through this you know over and over and we mentioned it i think even on the g5 show like you know after the first five guys in a class i think we i'm personally shifting gears and like valuing a little bit more of like cff i may not have a problem ranking some of these g5 guys higher or guys going to lesser schools that are going to play because you're an NFL upside at that point. It, you know, it, after the first few guys, like it's, I'm not trying to predict an NFL upside for running back 13. I might as well take a guy I know is going to give me some, some run at, on the CFF level. So I think these guys are more relevant now than they ever have been to, to be honest, at least on the college fantasy side. All right, gentlemen, uh, it was a great show again. Thanks so much. All the work you always put in, you're always bringing names to, to you know, to my desk that I've never even heard of. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys as always. And if you're watching this at home, tune in next week. Of course, we will do three-star wide receivers. If you haven't already been to campuscanda.com, go check that out. Of course, you have all of our res- uh, recruiting tools, uh, data analysis, um, articles, anything from the college fantasy side. C2C, Devi, NFL draft coverage, dynasty coverage on the NFL side, really anything you need to enjoy and get better at fantasy football. So campusdeganda.com. For Matt and David, this has been The Official. We'll see you next week with wide receivers. (laughs) 